You're listening to the weekly Parsha podcast recorded with Hashem's never-ending assistance in Ramah Israel 5769 2009. This week's Parsha is Parsha's Korach. This week's Parsha is a very difficult story. The story of Korach, his rebellion. Many questions that we're going to ask with Hashem's help will have a tremendous depth in the story. So the Torah tells us that Korach came, he gathered together numerous people, 250 men, very important, distinguished individuals. They all gathered together, they came to Moshe. And Korach says to Moshe, to Moses, he says to him, Why are you making yourselves any greater than the rest of the congregation? The entire congregation, everyone is holy. Why do you think that you are greater? Why is Aaron, Aaron Akoim, why does he think that he's greater? To which Moshe Rabin responded and said to them, Isn't it enough for you that God made you special to make you Levim, Levites? What do you also want, Kahuna? You also want to be the Kohen like Aaron? You've gone too far. Rav Lachem Levi. You have enough, the children of Levi, Levi. So, and then what happens? So he says to him, the next day there's going to be a contest. The 250 people are going to bring a Ketores, a special incense offering. And we'll see who's right. We'll see if God wants you, the 250 people, or God wants me, Moshe, and Aharon. And the next day, so they indeed gather and they come, these 250 men with their incense offerings, and Moshe and Aaron, they both experience a revelation of God at that point, and God says to them, He bodlu, separate yourselves from amongst the Jewish people, because I'm going to destroy the entire nation right now. And Moshe and Aaron, they say to God, they fall on their faces and they say, how could it be? You're going to kill the entire Jewish nation because of the sin of one person, because of Korach, it can't be. And in the end, so Moshe Rabbeinu Moses says that you want to see who's right, so if indeed these people die the normal way that all people go, the way of the world, so then you'll know that I was not sent by God. However, if you're going to see that there's going to be an earthquake that's going to open up the ground and swallow up Korach with all his possessions, then you'll know that indeed I was sent by God. And that's exactly what happened immediately after he said those words. And a fire came down also and burnt the 250 people who were trying to bring the incense offering. And that was the end of the story. No, that's not the end of the story. The Torah continues and tells us how the Jewish people were very upset at Moshe. How could you kill these 250 people? You knew what was going to happen with the Qatars, with the incense. The incense that you told them to bring caused them to die. How could you do such a thing? At that moment, they all looked up and they saw that the cloud of glory, that sign that God's presence was upon the Mishkan, the sanctuary, was indeed there. Moshe and Aaron knew that it was a sign that they should go there to speak to God. They went to speak to God. God says to them again, separate yourselves. Hey, Romu, separate yourselves from amongst the Jewish people. I'm going to destroy them. And Moshe somehow knew that already it had begun. The deaths of the Jewish people through a plague had already begun to occur. So he says to Aaron, quickly, take the Ketores, that incense, take it quickly. Go amongst the Jewish people. This will prove that the Ketores, the incense was not what caused the death of those people, but rather it was their sin against God that caused their death. And indeed, that's what happened. He took the incense and he was able to prevent the entire plague and stop the dying by bringing that incense amongst the Jewish people. And the Torah continues to tell us the special test that was performed in order to see, to prove that Aaron was indeed the one that was chosen by God. And his mata, his staff, out of all of the other staffs of the leaders of the other tribes, only his staff blossomed and produced fruit, thus proving that indeed he was the one who was chosen by God. 
Now let's go through the story stage by stage, step by step, and we'll see that we need explanations for many of the points in the story. Now the first point that needs an explanation is that we see that Korach, he comes with a certain taina, a certain claim upon Moshe. He says, why are you making yourselves, you and Aaron, why are you making yourselves special? Why are you any different than anyone else? We're all holy. We all saw God at Harsin at Mount Sinai. Why do you think that you're special? That was what Korach said. Now on the surface, it seems to be very simple. It doesn't seem to be saying anything more more than everyone's equal. But what does Moshe Rabbeinu respond? We see from his response, there's something much deeper going on. He says to him, you know, you guys, you B'nai Levi, children of Levi, so you have a special task. God appointed you to be in charge of the Kalim, the vessels of the Mishkan, of the sanctuary, carrying them. You have the opportunity to sing in the Mishkan, in the sanctuary. You're appointed on on a higher level. You're raised up above the other people. Why do you want also, and he was talking to Korach at this point, you also want to be a Kohen? You want to have the special task of Aharon? You think that it's just nepotism that I'm choosing him and it wasn't by the word of God? You should be happy with the appointment that you have and not look for a higher appointment. Now the question is, where did Moshe Rabbeinu, when he was speaking to Korach, and Korach says, everyone is equal, everyone is wonderful, and you guys shouldn't make yourselves anything special, where did he see from that statement that Korach himself was interested in the Kahuna Gedola, in being the Kohen Gadol himself, the high priest? Where did he see that? All he saw from Korach's statement was that Korach wanted everyone to be equal and no one should be higher than anyone else. What was Moshe's response to Korach? That's the first question. The second question is, you see that there were 250 other people that came along with him, and that's besides for Dasan and Aviram and On. On ben Peles was actually somebody who we find at the beginning of the story being involved in this rebellion, but in the end of the story, as we'll soon see, so he ends up not being involved. Now the question is, there were 250 people here, besides for the main leaders, and these 250 people, the Ramban says, amongst the other commentators, that they were members of every single tribe that were involved in these 250 people. Now the question is, what did they have to gain by joining with Korach's rebellion? And it becomes an even stronger question because we see that Om Ben Pelas, he was in the story at the beginning, but he wasn't in the story at the end. His name is not included later on. And our sages tell us that because what happened was On had a very smart wife. And his wife says to him, listen, if you're going to join with Korach and you're going to fight against Moshe Rabbeinu, so if Moshe is right or Korach is right, either way, before or after, you're going to have the same position. You're not going to become any more significant based on this argument. So why would you want to get caught up with Korach if let's say he's wrong? Who knows what destruction is going to befall him? And indeed, On Ben Pelas, he listened to his wife, and he removed himself from this entire rebellion, and he was saved. Now the question is, what about these other 250 people? Didn't they realize the same thing? What did they have to gain by joining with Korach? What was the draw of Korach? The next point we need to understand is that we see that the incense, the Ketores, played a very vital role in this story. The question is, what is the significance of the Ketores, the incense? Why did Moshe Rabbeinu choose, of all things, to have them bring, these 250 people, that they should bring the incense? And why indeed, when they brought it, so caused their death, it would seem. And when Aaron Akohen, when Aaron brought it, so it saved the lives of the people who were dying in the plague. What's the understanding of that? Another important point that we see is that twice it occurs that God says to Moshe and to Aaron that he's going to destroy the Jewish people. The first time, however, Moshe Rabbeinu and Aaron, they both immediately start to pray to God to ask him to forgive the Jewish people. Indeed, the first time, he does forgive the Jewish people and they don't die. However, the second time, as soon as they hear from God that God says, I'm going to destroy them, indeed, God begins to destroy them. Why is it that the second time God was already destroying them immediately, but the first time there was an opportunity for Moshe and Aaron to be able to pray? 
And the last point I'd like to discuss and try to understand is why is it that the Jewish people, after this incredible miracle, Moshe Rabbeinu Moses, he proved that indeed he was chosen by God. Why did they continue to complain and say, how could you kill those 250 people? Wasn't it clear, wasn't it obvious that indeed Moshe Rabbeinu was doing what was necessary in order to quell the rebellion? He was clearly chosen by God and everything that he did was based on God's word. So why did they continue to challenge him? And why was it necessary to bring another proof to the the fact that indeed Aharon, Aaron, was the one who was chosen by God. Now, to begin to understand all of these questions, we need to lay down a general principle. And this principle is something that's universal, and it's something that needs to be understood well and internalized, because a lot of modern society, a lot of modern thinking, goes contra to this idea which is fundamental and absolutely true. We can see this idea when we take a survey, when we look at the Jewish people as a whole, and we notice there are different gradations, different levels of the Jewish people. The highest level and the determining factor that we can see is by how many commandments a group of people has. The highest level are the Kohanim. The Kohens, the priests, so they have the most amount of commandments, mainly because they are bringing the Corbonus, those sacrifices, but also because in a certain sense God chose them to serve Him, therefore they also have a higher level of holiness and therefore a Kohen is not allowed to marry, for instance, a Grusha, a divorcee, a Kohen Gadol, a high priest who is exalted above that, he's not even allowed to marry an Almana, a widow, someone who was previously married. But we see that a Kohen is the highest level. And then we see that there's a lower level, and that's the level of the Levium. Levium, so the Levites, so you have to give them certain donations. They're serving God in the temple as well. But in a certain sense, they're slightly raised above the average Jew. And then you have the level of Yisrael, the other 11 tribes, or 12 tribes. And each of these groups of the Jewish people have their respective roles, have their purposes, have their job. And no one can do the job of the other. For example, we find that there's Yisachar and Zavulun, these two tribes. So one of the tribes, they would go out and they would be involved in merchandise, in selling and buying. And the other tribe would sit and learn Torah. And there was a partnership between them. And each one of them needed the other one. There was a relationship between them, a synergistic relationship, an interdependent relationship that would Without that relationship, they wouldn't have, neither of them would have been able to accomplish what they needed to accomplish, but together they were able to accomplish everything that was necessary. Now, what's essential to understand is that despite the fact that there are some people, some groups of the Jewish people, who might be on a higher level in a certain sense, nevertheless, every single individual, every single person, part of Klai Yisrael, the Jewish people, is essential. And without them, the entire Jewish people cannot function properly. That's the concept of Arvus. Every single Jew is responsible for everyone else. Because if one Jew is not doing what he's supposed to do, so then it affects the entire Jewish people. We are one unit. We are a whole. The mushal, the parable that's given, the comparison that's given, is you can have a car, and there are all different parts of the car. You know, there's an engine, there's a transmission, there are wheels, there's a steering wheel, there are seats, all these different parts of the car. And, you know, there are even these small screws inside of the engine. You know, you don't think, perhaps, that that little screw is very important. However, if one little screw would fall out of the engine, the entire car, it's very possible that the entire car would not work. So despite the fact that it would seem to be insignificant, it's very significant. Similarly, every single Jew plays an important role inside of the Jewish people, and no two people can do the same thing, no two people can accomplish the same goal, the same role. And every single Jew is 
perfectly suited for the job that God has given him. And when we try, when we think that we're going to do someone else's job, so we're making a mistake. When we don't have the self-esteem, the recognition of the fact that our job is significant, that's where we start to fall. When we start to say, everyone should be equal. Why is that person, that Kohen, that priest, why is he getting up and blessing all of the people? I also want to give a blessing. That's a mistake. Because every single person, God chose that person for that job. That soul he placed in that body to be able to accomplish that job. And no two people can accomplish the other one's job. When a person is not aware of the tremendous responsibility that he has in his own role, that's when he starts to make a mistake. And now this, so this concept actually explains what's going on in the story of Korach. Because when Korach walks into Moshe Rabbeinu, to Moses, and he says to him, the entire nation is equal, everyone is wonderful, everyone is holy, we all saw the revelation of God at Harsin at Mount Sinai. What does Moshe respond? He sees right away. You don't understand, you don't recognize the greatness of the opportunity, of the job that you have been given. If you're complaining that everyone is equal, you're trying to bring me down, you're trying to bring down Aaron, that jealousy only comes because of a lack of recognition, a lack of self-esteem. You are Levian, don't you recognize how great that is? God chose you to serve Him, don't you realize it? And that was what Moshe Rabbeinu was responding to Korach. Now, Korach's philosophy was extremely seductive because who doesn't want to hear? Listen, you see that other people are higher than you, more special than you, and you don't have that self-esteem in your position, in your recognition of your own role in life. So when you hear everyone is equal, and no one else should have any greater power than any other person. So there's a tremendous draw, a power to such a philosophy. And that's what these 250 great noblemen, they were great people, but they didn't appreciate their own purpose, their own role as part of the Jewish people. That's why they were trying to bring down anyone who is higher than them. Now, Moshe Rabbeinu Moses, what does he tell them to do? He says to them, bring a ketores. What is a ketores? An incense? The incense offering, our sages tell us, was brought by the Kohen God, the high priest, on the holiest day of the year, on Yom Kippur, in the holiest place in the world, in the Kodesh HaKadosh, in the Holy of Holies. And what did he bring it there for? It was machaper. It atoned for the sin of Lashon Hara, evil speech, people saying negative things about other people, jealousy. Why specifically was this something in the Ketors, the incense? Was it something that atoned for this sin? And I believe the understanding is because if you look at the Ketors, the incense, there are 11 different ingredients. And our sages tell us that one of those ingredients, the Chelbena, the Galbenum, has a very vile odor when it's burned. However, each of the different ingredients represent different elements of the Jewish people. There are positive elements in the Jewish people and there are negative elements in the Jewish people. However, every single element is essential. Each one plays its role. Even someone who's a Russian, an evil person, nevertheless, he's an important part of the Jewish people. And he is one out of 11 spices. However, there are another 10, and each one plays its role and represents a different part of the Jewish people. Thus, the incense represents the fact that each person has his role in the Jewish people. And no one should try to cross over into anyone else's role. That's why it atones for the sin of Lashon Hara. What's Lashon Hara? Lashon Hara, uh, evil speech. When do I see something negative about someone else? When I'm jealous of him, I see he's got some Something better than me. I don't appreciate what I have. I don't appreciate my role. I want to pull him down to my level. That's what the catharsis is, the incense.
by Moshe Rabbeinu, Moses asking them to bring the Ketores, the incense, he was asking them to recognize. Don't make the mistake. Don't be drawn after Korach. The reason you're getting drawn after him is because you don't recognize your individuality. You don't understand the importance of your role. You're trying to pull someone else down. The Ketores has the ability to uh, atone for such a sin. But if you don't recognize the sin, if you don't realize that you're making such a mistake, and you persist in that mistake, and you continue to be jealous, and you continue to try to pull someone else down, so then the Ketores, the incense does not act as an atonement for you, but actually it acts to destroy you. That's what we see in the story. Now at this point in the story, so the entire Jewish people had not listened yet to the concept of Korach. They hadn't given in to this idea that everyone is equal. They still understood, they still realized that everyone has an individual purpose and each person has to fulfill his mission without trying to bring down anyone else. And that's why at this point, when Moshe Rabbeinu is told by God and Aaron is told by God that he's about to destroy the Jewish people, they can say to God, you know, don't destroy the Jewish people. One person is going to sin and the entire nation is going to be destroyed. That can't be because they hadn't bought in to this mistake yet. However, when they began to say that the Ketores, the incense, had caused the deaths of these 250 people, they made a fundamental mistake. And that flaw was that they missed the message of, of the Ketores, of the incense. The point of the incense was that each person has his individual role and he has to accomplish that and not look after anyone else and not say Lashon Har negative speech about anybody else. The fact that they could continue to say to Moshe, to Moses, how could you do this? How could you do something to cause the deaths of these people? The fact that they could malign him in that way and not be Dan Lakavschus, see the merit of the situation that God commanded him or directed him to do this, so that showed a lack in their own trust and faith in Moshe, and it also showed a lack, a degradation in their ability to see that there are different levels in the Jewish people. They began to fall into Korach's idea. They began to fall into this concept that perhaps, you know, maybe my role is not the significant role. I want to be like him. Why does he have to be better than me? And they were beginning to do the same thing that was done by these 250 people. And that's why at that point, Hashem says, God says, I'm going to destroy the Jewish people. And immediately it begins. Because as soon as they begin to think that everyone is the same and deny the individual nature of every single Jew and his special and important role that he would play in the Jewish people, at that point, midah connected midah, measure for measure, God says, if you think that you're all the same, I'm going to treat you all the same. And God says to Aaron and Moshe, remove yourselves from the Jewish people. You have to get out of the Jewish people because I'm about to destroy them now. And it was too late. There was nothing for Moshe Rabbeinu to do, nothing for Aaron to do. They couldn't talk back to God, so to speak. And what does Moshe turn to Aaron and say? He says to him, quick, grab the incense, Grab the Ketores. Again, the Jewish people need this lesson. They need the lesson of the Ketores, which is that every single person has an individual role. And we can't malign anyone else, bring them down to our level. We need to have self-esteem. We need to know how significant our role is. And by... Aaron Akoin, Aaron the priest, going in with the incense, indeed he was able to stop the plague because that message had to be internalized by the Jewish people. And when it was, indeed it had the power to prevent destruction. May Hashem help us, may God help us, that we should be able to see the significance of our own personal role, not need to bring anyone else down, not need to lower anyone else down to our level, but realize that we have significance. We need a self-esteem for our own individual purpose. And when we have that self-esteem, we don't need to bring anyone else down. We can recognize that every single part of the Jewish people is significant to God, that everyone has their role to play, and we can all work together as many cogs in the structure of God's plan. Thank you so much for listening, and have a wonderful Shabbat. Yes.